Hello and welcome to Motorsport Week's The Support Series, the show where we talk about what is happening on the racetrack in the top junior single-seater series before any of the drivers make the leap up the ladder to Formula 1. Tom Cantor hosts with Nathan Hine and Tinas Ferrara. We review the third round of the 2021 FIA Formula 3 Championship at the Red Bull Ring. A weekend to remember for Dennis Hauger, who has cemented his championship lead with three podiums from all three races including victory in race one. David Schumacher, the son of Ralph, picked up not only his first points, but his first podium and win in race two. The final win of the weekend on Sunday morning went to Frederick Vesti, who has finally found his winning formula to return to the top step in Formula 3. Hello Nathan, hello Tinas, how are we? Round three of FIA Formula 3 is done and we're getting into the sort of middle part of the season now where we're starting to see a reality of the pecking order um, for the championship itself and Dennis Hauger will most certainly be feeling the happiest given that he finished on the podium not just once not twice but three times over the course of the latest weekend at the Rebel Ring. Tinas we begin with you it was round it was quite a, an attrition um, at the Rebel Ring in all three rounds but you know we saw some new race winners like Mick uh, David Schumacher, Fred Vesey getting his first of the season. Dennis Alger from 12th on the grid in the first race, coming out on top in that as well. And there was so much going on, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, we saw typical F3 chaos over this weekend in, in all of the three races. Um, we saw, I mean, obviously lots of wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing, lots of shuffling up and down the grid. As you mentioned, I mean, Dennis Hauger coming from 12th to win at the end of the day, just, I mean, obviously he kept his nose out of trouble, but there was so much going on in front of him where drivers just keep taking each other out. We saw chaos in the, in the stewards room as well with penalties galore being handed out, especially after race one. So it was a very, very interesting weekend of Formula 3, I have to say. Nathan, I'm sure you found the weekend of Formula 3 rather interesting for you and credit to um, the commentators of uh, Harry Benjamin and Jordan King, who substituted um, for Alex Jakes and uh, Alex Brundle. They did a great job and they called the drivers out on circuit, particularly the likes of Arthur Leclerc, who's produced one of his brilliant racecraft performances in race two to go up from 27 to 6. How can you sum up the weekend for, um, uh, in, um, in Austria? I think the, the way to describe it is it was very action-packed, you know, uh, classic Formula 3 action around the Red Bull ring, a really great uh, track for overtaking, and so it proved uh, to be once again, yeah, Otto Leclerc is proven uh, to be a great overtaker, but he's not making it too easy for himself in qualifying. If he could just have a, a bit of a better qualifying, maybe he could start to get into the groove of the season, but yeah, uh, kudos to uh, David Schumacher getting his first race victory of the season and Dennis Hauger is now looking very solid in terms of the championship. Mm -hmm. And looking at the race one results, Dennis Hauger won from 12th on the grid over his teammate Ollie Caldwell in second place. And it's Jack Dewan in third, picking up another podium for himself. Enzo Fittipaldi in fourth for Giroux. Excellent performance from him. Um, there was a, a lot of changes with the race one result compared to what it was at first, which we'll go on to in a moment. Uh, Victor Martin was fifth, had a Johnny Edgar in sixth. He was 12th at the finish at first, but he's been promoted to sixth. Vesti was seventh, had of Jack Crawford in eighth. Kalen Frederick in ninth, and Juan Manuel Correa taking the final point in 10th place for ART. Roman Stanek was 11th, followed by David Schumacher in 12th. 
who also got the reverse grip pole for race two. Simon van der Helm was 13, followed by Alex Smolliar. Logan Sargent, 15 for the K Williams. Kaya Kuller, 17 for those. Jonathan Hoggard, Lazo Tove, Russia Digueras rounding out the top 20. Rafael Villagomez, Amori Cordiel, Matteo Nanini, Philip Ogran, Lorenzo Colombo, and Oliver Rasmussen were the rest of the finishers. The drivers that opted, uh, dropped out of the race, Clement Novlak retired after contact with Matteo Nanini. Arthur Leclerc also retired in the pits following contact with him. I think the contact was with um, with Nanini, actually, with Novlak, but we'll go on, that, go on to that in a moment. Ida Curran also stopped out on circuit uh, with some mechanical problems mechanical issue and uh, Ayumu Iwaza uh, was disqualified for uh, for a technical infringement in his Carlin Buzz racing. So yeah we had some form of confusion guys I mean I was confused minutes before the race starts because I was doing a report uh, for the W series whose race was before um, before the second Formula 3 race and it was quite a change Nathan compared to what we saw at the checker flag. Yeah, it was very confusing to to know exactly how how it was going to pan out. You, the, the stewards had a, a very busy time with track limits, penalties, uh, what what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. So, yeah, it was 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 very confusing for for the viewers, and um, it would have perhaps been a bit more sensible to have some kind of clarity during the race in terms of what sort of penalties would be awarded. But you know, they they were able to come up with a finishing result, and that that's what they decided. So. Uh, then uh, the drivers had to accept it and then move on to the second race. Yeah. And Tinas, I'm sure you'd have been thinking, how on a, how much has changed since that first race? I'm sure so-and-so finished there. And then all these, the flood of penalties. We've, we were talking so much about penalties involving Formula 1, but Formula 3 was, you know, was something else. No, M3 was on a different planet. I've never seen so many penalties be applied. I think, as you mentioned, I think um, Johnny Edgar was in, on reverse grid, uh, reverse grid pole in P12. Um, at the end of the race. And then he ended up finishing P6 after so many different penalties were applied, um, which is actually insane to think about. Just, just from that, you know, the, the, the front back of drivers, there were so many infringements. And I have to say, I was also impressed with the array of penalties, like the different variety of penalties that we got. We got penalties for track limits. We got penalties for ignoring black and orange flags. We got penalties for um, overtaking outside of track limits. It was it was very, very interesting, I have to say. Um, slightly amusing, I thought, as well. And I guess at the end of the day, I mean, if so many drivers are infringing, then it is going to take a bit of time to sort it all out. And I think, obviously, the tracking and the monitoring of the F3 cars aren't as sophisticated as what we have in F1. So I do think it is a lot more difficult for um, the stewards to do, you know, to apply all of these things in, 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 in the race or during the race. So, I mean, it is a bit of an interesting situation and we sort of as a bit of a emerging trend throughout the weekend, but I mean, yeah, I don't, there's not much more I can say about it. Yeah. It all began at the week on the Friday when uh, Kyle Collette initially took pole position, but that last lap time was taken away from him um, for chat limits and therefore the driver who got on pole or was fastest in that session was Dennis Hauger um, before the top 12 reversed for race one. So the list of penalties that were dished out for that first race. So the drivers who got five second time penalties for chat limits. They were cars three, 17 and 26. They were Ollie Caldwell, Victor Martin and Caelan Williams. 10 second time penalties were dished out to cars 18, 22 and 29. 
they will have been Kyle Collette. Who's card number 22? Let's have a look. Just trying to remember. Amori Cordiel was given a 10 second time penalty and card 29 would have been Logan Sargent. So those three got time, uh, 10 second time penalties. Now, two drivers got 30 second time penalties. That was they were converted from what would have been a 10 second stop and go. Cars 14 and 28, which would have been Matteo Nanini and the other driver in car number 28, that would have been Philip Ogran. Um, so, yeah, those were those were the differences. I think that may have been for um, for the collision that Nanini had been involved with with um, with Novelak, um Tinas. I think that was pretty much that. But the list doesn't stop. There's even more. I think Novelak actually got penalised for that as well. I yeah. don't know if maybe Nanini had a different incident. I think it was quite interesting. Where I think Nanini got penalised for something else, and then Novelak got penalised for the for the actual accident with with Nanini. So it's just very chaotic and very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Ayumu Iwaza, who I believe finished in the points at first, he was disqualified for failing to comply with the black and white flag. So it wasn't a technical infringement. It was a sporting infringement he, uh, that he had done. But there were so many penalties being dished out in that one. I mean, you just, you couldn't swing a cat with the amount of uh, penalties being thrown at you. It's, it was that hectic. But going on to race two, which saw a brilliant, brilliant performance from David Schumacher. I mean, to be honest, he had a comfortable drive from pole position to lay out in the end over Frederick Fusty. Dennis Hauger was third after starting 12th. And it's Roman Stanek picking up his best results in Formula 3 and 4 position. Johnny Edgar in the points again, fifth for him. Brilliant stuff from him. Arthur Leclerc from 27th to 6th. So 21 places he gained from his starter position and also getting the points for the fastest lap. Jack Doom was seventh ahead of Enzo Fittipaldi, Oli Culver was ninth, and Jonathan Hoggard picking up his first points in FIA Formula 3. Amori Cordiel was 11, followed by Matteo Nanini, Clement Novelak was 13, followed by Yuma Iwaza, Caelan Williams, Oliver Rasmussen, Kyle Collette, Rafael Villagomez, Lorenzo Colombo, Ida Cohen were in the top 20. Leslie Tove, Philip Ogran, Richard Degueras, Juan Manuel Correa, Alex Smolia, and Victor Martin. Uh, with the rest of the finishes, the drivers did not finish the race. They would have been Logan Sargent, Jack Crawford, Kellen Frederick, and Simon van der Helm. So, yeah, that was quite something there, um, Nathan, with, I think, the collision between Sargent and uh, van der Helm, which uh, was the beginning of all the chaos that was happening. And then there was the collision between, um, I think it was Collette and uh, Fittipaldi at turn three, which helped Leclerc's cause. I mean, where do you look? Because I think there was also the battle between... Smolliar, I think maybe talking another race here, but there was a, a, a battle between Smolliar, Vesti, and Hauger, I think it was. That may have been for race three, but race two was just that was something. Yeah, uh, so, so some of these races blend into one because there's just so much action over the course of the weekend. But yeah, there were uh, those two incidents in, in the second race uh, with Sergeant and Van der Helm initially, uh, which was a little bit clumsy from, from Sergeant moving over after. He got the pass at turn one, which brought out uh, the first yellow of of the race. And then uh, later on, we had that incident between Kaokala uh, and um, Fittipaldi. So, yeah, two very different kind of incidents, but both had repercussions in, in terms of the outcome of the race. And then... Um, Regarding Otto Leclerc, he, he drove a really great race, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, if only he could qualify better, have 
have a, a clean race one and, and really get into the weekend, he could uh, net a, a podium and a decent haul of points for his championship. So, uh, yeah, really great drive. He, he needs to try and improve on his qualifying and consistency going forward. And uh, who knows where he'll be. Yeah. Four drivers were penalised post-race. Uh, Kai Collette was one of them for the collision with Fittipaldi. Ida Cohen um, for some form of infringement. I'm just trying to find what that was for. We'll come back to it in a moment. Uh, Correa and Frederick, they were both penalised uh, for... Well, Correa was penalised for leaving the track at turns 9 and 10 six times, which was enough to get him that 20-second penalty. The American crossed the line in 24th position. Frederick got a grid drop for a collision um, with Correa at turn three during the race, which he wasn't able to take for the next one um, because an injury he picked up during that event meant that he couldn't take the start for race three. But that grid drop will still apply to his name for the next race at Hungary. So not as many penalties there to influence the results or affect the result. But we saw two drivers um, dropping out in the closing stages. Um, unless I'm talking another race, actually, because I think Jack Crawford was one of them who dropped out of the race. Just trying to see which race it was. And looking at his name on here, he's one of the American drivers. He, yeah, he retired in um, in race two with a mechanical issue whilst he was in second place, Tinas. And then Victor Martin, who was up there in the podium places, he had a mechanical issue. It was like, he was just simple pandemonium, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean... It's actually very interesting, this this Formula 3 weekend dynamic. I mean, obviously, the mechanical issues, that's that's one thing that just, you know, comes with the territory. I guess people sometimes just have mechanical problems. So I have to say, not Victor Martin's this weekend. This weekend, he had a bit of a mare uh, at an overall level, I think, compared to his main title rival in, in Hauga. And what we are seeing, though, and I think Race 2 reflected this very nicely, with Hauga again getting a podium, as as um, did Frederick Vesti. I think both of them starting quite a while down or quite a way down the grid. Is keeping your nose clean in F3 seems like it's paying off. Um, staying out of trouble is, is probably going to pay off more often than not, rather than going for the aggressive overtakes. So I see we we really saw evidence of this during this the specific uh, F3 weekend with I think Vesti and Hauga probably the two standouts in terms of keeping it clean and, and still being quick at the same time. And finally going on to race three, then the last race of the weekend, which was held on the Sunday morning. And it was a familiar face on the tops of the podium. That was Frederick Vesti, who took his first victory of the season um, this year. He's already won races with Prima last year. This is his first with ART. Dennis Hauger finishing second. He was on pole at the beginning, but second was all he could manage. But they both were tussling with um, Alex Smolia as well, who uh, ended up fourth behind Ollie Caldwell. So two Premers in the top three, along with a former Premier driver who won the race. Matei Nanini coming home in fifth for HWA, followed by Iyuma Iwaza, who at least picked up some points after a hectic weekend following. Kai Collette was seventh, had a Logan Sargent, Caelan Williams in ninth, and Johnny Edgar finishing in the points three times in a row now. So brilliant, brilliant weekend, actually, for Johnny Edgar. David Schumacher was 11th, no points for him that time. Roman Stunnett was 12th, head of uh, Lorenzo Colombo. Juan Moncaro was 14th, head of Enzo Fittipaldi. Ida Cohen, Richard Aguirre, Amori Cordiel, Rafael Villagomez, and Simon van der Helm are your top 20. Lazar Tov, Oliver Rasmussen, Philip Ogbran, Fitz and Martin, who was uh, 24th, or classified 24th anyway, 
Um, they had Jonathan Hoggard, 25th, had Jack Crawford, and uh, Jack Dewin also had issues. I think Victor Martin, actually, uh, he picked up damage following the collision with um, Arthur Leclerc in the race. Um, hence why I think Martin needed to pay for a new uh, for a new tyre. But that collision between Leclerc and Novelak, ooh, that could have been scary, couldn't it? Nathan, we'll begin with you on this. Yeah, that was that was a very scary incident. You know, it reminded me a little bit of the Rosberg Hamilton incident in Spain, twenty sixteen, I believe, uh, where there was just not enough space on the inside. Uh, Leclerc thought thought there was and went for the gap, and he just went flying across the track and into the gravel, and he could have quite easily taken out. I believe it was Oli Caldwell who was just ahead of him as well. So a very scary incident. And uh, luckily, all, all, all the drugs were okay after the accidents um, taken out. And Novelak, who was just in a, an innocent bystander in that. So, yeah, very, very scary accident. Yeah. Uh, another analogy I could throw in there was, um, do you remember Takim Masato and Nikai Felt 2002 at the Remus Curve, Turn 3, um, Tinas? It was after a safety car period. And then Nikai Felt Sauber just simply lost the car on the break-in. And the rear of his just T-bone into the side of Sarto's Jordan, um, which you may want to have a look at post um, this podcast anyway. But it just that's what reminded me of that. And um, Leclerc T-bone into the side of Novelak. The both drivers walked away, but Novelak will for sure will have felt shaken from it. Yeah, 100%. I think Novelak was an innocent bystander, which is, I think, the worst possible outcome for you. He was just going about his own race and then he got, you know, taken out from the side overall i think leclerc the thing is with arthur i think it's a bit of a double-edged sword with him at the moment right i mean we saw his heroic come from the back drive in, in race two and then race three i think it showed that sometimes he's still a bit impatient i think maybe obviously trying to make amends for what's what has transpired up to that point during the weekend um but yeah i mean he should, should have just there was never there was never an opportunity there for him unfortunately and I think if he if he stayed a bit more patient, probably I mean with the pace that 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 Prima car had, I think you know patience is probably going to be rewarded like what we saw with with Dennis Hauger. I mean, literally keeping his nose clean, and with that car being as fast as it is, keeping it clean is, is probably the best thing that he he can do at the moment. Mm-hmm. For sure, and um, hopefully those two will be okay to race next time out in Hungary, which will be in four weeks' time. So Leclerc and Novelak were the drivers to retire. Frederick didn't start the race. As we've already mentioned, he picked up that injury. Jack Dewin um, retired in the closing stages of that one. He um, had a coming together with someone in the closing laps, hence why he was classified 27th, but not making it to the checker flag. Let's have a look at the driver's standings then, post round three of seven in FIA Formula 3 in 2021. Dennis Hauger, 41 points clear of everyone else. Frederick Vestes, Win in race three at the weekend elevates him up to second ahead of Jack Dewan. Ollie Caldwell is in fourth place on 70, followed by Victor Martin in fifth on 66. So eight, uh, eight points separate Freddy Vesti in second and Victor Martin in fifth. Alex Smolia is sixth for ART with 52 points. And it's Colin Novak who was scoreless at the weekend for Trident. He remains on 49. Kyle Collette is eighth on 41. Mattia Nanini in ninth for HWA with 26. Johnny Agut in 10th with 23 points. He's also tied with Ayumi Waza, who also has 23. Arthur Leclerc in 12th now. He only has 22 points with Logan Sargent also on 22. 
David Schumacher's victory in race two puts him up to 14th place with his first points ever in FIA Formula 3. So not just his first win or podium, that was his first points as well. Caelan Williams also has 15 points. He picked up a couple of points in the last race um, in Austria. Enzo Fittipaldi was, is in 16th position with 11. Then we've got Roman Stunek and Juan Manuel with nine points each. Jack Crawford with six. Caelan Frederick got his first points of the season. He's now on two. Jonathan Hargard with his first point in the Genza. He, he has one point to his name. So 21 drivers have yet to uh, have scored points, sorry. 10 have yet to score. They are Amori Cordiel, Lorenzo Colombo, Simon van der Helm, Rita de Guerras, Pierre-Louis Chauvet, Oliver Rasmussen, Ida Cohen, Rafael Villagomez, Lasso Toth and Philip Ogran, who have yet to get off the mark. Tina, as you look at the championship now, Hauger just looks unstoppable. Five races in a row, he's finished on the podium. Yeah, Hauger is just looking incredible. He's undoubtedly probably the star driver in that Prima lineup. And if you want to be in the Prima lineup, I mean, if, you know, if, if, you, if you want to be a star driver, you need the Prima lineup to begin with. And I think um, he is absolutely making the most out of, out of that car and out of that opportunity. I think he um, is absolutely dominating. He's incredibly consistent. He's very quick in qualifying. He's decisive when he needs to be, but conservative when he needs to be. I'm very, very impressed by him, I have to say. And a radical improvement from where he was in the high tech last year, Nathan, where I think the only highlight was his podium finish in Hungary. But this year, he is something else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it just goes to show that, that that step up in the second year in Formula 3 really pays dividends. You know, that, that experience from the first year can really translate into great results come year two. And especially him being a Red Bull driver, he knows that he has to deliver for them this year. And so far, he's doing exactly that. So if he carries on this way, then uh, who knows what, what, what his career might turn out. In the team standings, Prima continue to dominate. They are currently 71 points clear of their nearest rivals. They are on 207. So Trident in second, who are on 136. However, ART are only a point behind the Italian fold on 135, thanks to... Uh, Vesti's victory on Sunday. MB Motorsport down to fourth. They are on 107. They're tied second fifth on 38 points. Shrews are in sixth, 33 points. They have now. They've done well at the weekend. HWA are seventh with 26, followed by Colin Buzz Racing, eighth with 25. Jensa in ninth with 16. And Campos have still yet to score a point so far this year in FIA Formula 3. They could really do with a change of fortune between now and Hungary. Now, you look at the next round in Hungary, which will be the halfway point uh, for these drivers. Now, if you consider last year where the championship was completed in a space of 73 days, Tinas, and now this year with obviously been a much bigger gap between races, you would think that going into the next round, Hauger must think, you know, if I could just keep going as I am, get the points in qualifying, qualifying on pole, carve my way through the field, although Hungary will be more of a difficult track to overtake because of the circuit's characteristics. But you must think, you know, just get as many points as I can rather than just think about going for the race win all the time. 100%. I think he's in the really, really nice position where he doesn't have to take a lot of chances. He has a really, really nice cushion in terms of the points. So he can drive his own race, you know, obviously move up the field when he needs to and nail qualifying, um, of course, with the best visibility. But he doesn't have to make incredible lunges or crazy overtakes around the outside. And he can just wait it out and make sure that, you know, he's consistent, that he scores decent points every race. 
And that's all he needs to do at this point. Because as we saw this weekend, there's always going to be chaos and carnage. So consistency is probably the most, the, 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 the biggest asset that you can have in a series like Formula 3, because it's something that is quite difficult to, to have. Nathan, we've now had 21 drivers scoring points. And David Schumacher, I mean, this must kickstart his charge in the series because he struggled last year when he was racing for two different teams. Now he's in a trident, which is obviously the more competitive package. Well, I say the more competitive package. The, uh, all the cars are designed by Delara. All the cars are the same. But in terms of the facilities he's in, he's in the better uh, crew. And the car itself is treating him nicely. He just needs to have a little bit more luck go his way. Yeah, absolutely. He really needed that result. And after, you say, a difficult time in Formula 3 until now, that win should really kickstart his, his, his charge, hopefully, in, in the series. You know, he, he's got that result. He knows that, that he can score not only points, but get a victory. As you mentioned previously, this was his first points of the season. So he really needs to use that now to build momentum going forward into the next few races if he's going to make a charge up the series and if he does a an, a, another year in, in the championship to to really go for that championship uh, charge. I mean, you look at the championship now, there's nine races that have been completed. We've got 12 more to go. Tinas, who has... Who do you think has been the most improved driver this season, apart from Dennis Hauger? Hmm... Jack Doohan, I'd say. I um, absolutely agree with you. Yeah, I perfectly he agree. Was, he was in the wars last year. I mean, almost every second incident in the race, in a race last year, was Jack Doohan being involved in some way or form. And I think the way he's come out, especially in qualifying this year, has been very impressive. I think still, maybe he can work on consistency. Um, obviously, the Austrian race this, this weekend didn't go well for him. But honestly, I... I I would probably say Duan, and I don't know if you can classify Victor Martins as an improvement because this is his rookie year, but I've been very, very impressed by Victor Martins and how well he's driven um, as a rookie so far. Mm -hmm. And the first seven races, Martin had scored points, but that run came to an end um, with the mechanical issue he had um, in race two and that dogged performance in race three as well. So Martin on the back foot, but there's still enough time for him to recover the ground um, in his Alpine Academy liveried MP Motorsport car. We mentioned before, Nathan, about how well MP Motorsport have come or have done this year from where they were in the previous seasons. Who do you think will be the most likely? Who, who else do you see another driver winning a race this season? Because we've had quite a few now. I mean, Martin's yet to win a race this season uh, for MP. You've got Clement Novlak in there, Kyle Collette still yet to win. And there's still a few names on there. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if other drivers won their maiden. Uh, races between now and the end of the year yeah those those three names definitely uh stick out at this point i think uh as you mentioned kyle collette he got his lap deleted in qualifying and then he stalled on the grid for race three so uh and then was able to have a, a massive charge through the field so potentially he could have been battling for for victory if if he had a, a much smoother weekend um and yeah doing has 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 done a a, a a decent job, so I'm sure that that they'll both uh, get victories at, at some point this year. I just want to go on to other drivers' teams. You know, obviously he's mentioned Kyle Collette there, who stole in one of the races in race three. But 
you know, for Hungary, as like the circuit day, as if you remember last year, Teo Porcher won one of the races. And uh, I'm just trying to remember who won it, because uh, who won the other one, because Liren Sandeli won on the track, but he lost that victory due to a time penalty, if you remember, by gaining positions by going off the track on the exit of turn three. That was a wet race, uh, that one. But either way, you know, it's, it'll still make some good racing in Hungary. We've seen it before, and we can most certainly see it again. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Hungaroring is a lovely little track. I think especially, I don't feel it's come to its full rights with, with the Formula One cars that we've had over the last couple of years. But I think F3 is like the perfect series to demonstrate why we like the Hungaroring. And yes, it might be more difficult to overtake, but there are still ample opportunities. And we saw, you know, last year that we had some really good races there. It's going to be interesting. I do think, you know, just to, to add on to, to what you and Nathan were talking about earlier is um, the, the weekend format, I think, is going to result in more variety of race winners, I think, um, just because, I mean, of all the flipping of the grids and the reversing of the, of the results, I do think more drivers are going to get the opportunity to contest for a win, like somebody like David Schumacher, who obviously won this weekend. So I think it's going to be very exciting. Let's do some predictions then for Hungary, because uh, the next show for Formula 3 will be after that round. Nathan, we'll begin with you. Pole sitter, race one winner, race two winner, and race three uh, uh, winner. I think building on his uh, fabulous uh, qualifying record, I think Dennis Hauger will, will take pole. For uh, race one, I'm going to go for Johnny Edgar to take race one victory. Race two, uh, Kaya Collette. And uh, race three, uh, Dennis Hauger will convert pole. Okay. Uh, Tinas, your pole sitter, race one winner, race two winner, and race three winner. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to back, um, I'm going to back Bestie for pole. I think he's been, him and Hauger have been the form qualifiers over the last couple of races. So I'm going to, I'm going to back Bestie. Um, race one, I actually think Edgar's a good shot. I'm going to agree with Nathan. I think Johnny Edgar for, for race one. Race two, I'm going to say Victor Martins is going to score his first. He's going to score his first victory. And then race three, I'm going to say Vesti for victory from Paul. Okay. Um, Paul Sitter, I think will be Dennis Hauger. So I'm going with Nathan on this one. Race one, winner. I don't know why I'm going for this, but I've got a feeling that Logan Sargent, with his experience, is going to win in the Chiroves. I just think with his qualifying and where he's ended up, I just think if he ends up with like 11 or 12 on the grid, I just think he will convert into the race victory and um, fend off all the others whilst he can. So that's my take on it. And it also could defend, depend on the um, the weather by the time from, uh, from the one and from the three do get to, uh, to Hungary. Uh, race two winner. I think it's, oh, this is very tough. I think Kyle Collette will win race two. He could do with a victory and race three. I think it'll be Dennis Hauger. I think it'll be him picking up another victory and extending his championship lead um, as there are more points up for grabs in the third race of the weekend and than the other two, um, either race one or race two anyway. We'll end the show, guys. Thank you to everyone who's been joining for the Formula 3 podcast tonight. Um, the next episode for the championship will be in four weeks' time for our review of round four in Hungary. The next show for the support series will be in a fortnight where we will be reviewing the latest rounds of Formula 2 and the W Series at Silverstone. From Nathan, Tinas and all of us at Motorsport Week, it's goodbye. <laughs>